MSU seniors go out winners at home playing their truest versions of themselves. Tom Izzo is the winningest coach in Big Ten history, but the high point for the week was watching Coach K get pantsed at home for his final game. Eat piss, rat face. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the usual Keon Coleman devotee, Kevin Greck. Was that is that recycled? Listen, listen, woman. I'll, that's enough out of you. All right. Was that recycled? <laughs> if anything's recycled, it's your tired intros <laughs> that need right. to be that tired. need to be salvaged by Plum, <laughs> who can't even be bothered to show up most weeks. <laughs> Indeed, we are also joined by everyone's here today, gone tomorrow, listener host. Alex Plum, Plum, you really dared us to change the album artwork. Wow, that was wow. a huge mistake in retrospect. Wow, now I'm a listener host. I continue to get downgraded, and it is offensive and hurtful. You know, that's just it. It's offensive and it's hurtful. And so what do I have to do? I have to go on these vacations to bring myself a little joy, the only joy I might get. Un- unbelievable. Uh, we show you the commitment you show us. You know, <laughs> Uh, thank you, of course, everyone for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Plum, what are we doing this week? Well, we always start uh, behind the green wall for uh, for avid listeners of the pod to recognize that, where football always leads. Uh, we will talk about basketball. We got a lot to say there, not as much about football, but you never know what we might get. We might even throw in some hockey this week. We've got some hockey. Uh, hockey. We've got, got some things to celebrate about our own coach Izzo. We'll head then off Grand River. We'll talk about other things from across the connection of sports, and then we'll preview the Big Ten tournament, which is finally here. We will end the program with your Twitter questions and there are more than I guess we thought there would be, but you know, that's why you probably are here. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we don't have, uh, let's head behind that green wall. Uh, we don't really have much in the way of football because the spring practices don't start until next week. Um, or the next pod will be the week that the spring practices start. Uh, right. Maybe it's worth mentioning quickly, uh, Three three Spartans at the NFL Combine, um, and Ken Walker. Ken Walker now. These what a dude! Wow. Ken Walker uh, tied for third in his forty time. Um, overall, overall, yeah. Uh, Not among running backs. Overall, overall. Uh, I do think it's hilarious that number one though was the Rutgers running back, which just goes to show. Not one person can win the game. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, it, Connor Hayward also seems to be getting a fair amount of buzz, which was interesting to me out of the combine. So, uh, whatever may have happened last year, uh, which as far as I'm concerned, the combine got canceled because of COVID, uh, <laughs> and so did the draft, mm-hmm. but, um, it looks like Spartans may be well positioned to, to show out a little bit in this year's draft. So that's, I think the only football programming note we might have, um, but it's good to see, right? Good to see. Yeah, it's good for the program. 
gives Tuck some stuff to talk about, get some things to point at. And uh, um, how, how do we now do basketball? There mm. were there were three games this week. We'll recall, and I think how much do we Tuck hate ourselves? At, Tuck was at two of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, at, I mean, Michigan. He was at the Michigan game. Was he I, at the MSU game? I thought he was there today. Yeah, I could be wrong. Maybe I I thought I saw that on Twitter, but maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's talk some hoops. Um, so uh, three games this week: Michigan, Ohio State, and then today's Senior Day against Maryland. Uh, I don't know that even today's victory can, can undo what was otherwise a truly terrible week. There's Correct. no getting the Michigan games taste out of your mouth. The, nothing. Even if, even if they had kept that 20 point victory against Maryland, it wouldn't have mattered. That mm-hmm. was, I, I don't, how much do we really need to dig into this? Because it's truly painful. Well, I think it's sometimes important to unpack, uh, unpack those moments in your life. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need to dwell needlessly, but in 87 to 70 stomping, um, which I mean, the 70 points is a testament to how bad Michigan's defense is, but ours was worse, uh, in a game that I, I think saw, I mean, last week, Greg, you and I talked about how. People are asking questions about Tom Izzo. Those got really ratcheted up mm-hmm. after that Michigan loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it became very apparent that the 2018 recruiting class like busts, generally speaking. Yes. Um, and which I was thinking that's a that was a five person class. I, I don't Tom. I mean. You you have no problem leaving scholarships open. Like I don't know why you needed to take all five of these dudes. Right, uh, could have done something different. But uh, you know there were a, a either a terrible defensive game plan or an inability to coach the defensive game plan in that Michigan game. Um, and I think Yali's about ready to die. <laughs> uh, no, this was an unforced error on my part. Okay, attention. Um, and I mean, it, it was, you come off of a big victory against Purdue to go to your rival where Tom Izzo can not only show them the door from the tournament potentially, but also secure the winning as coach in big 10 history at Chrysler arena. And they're not up for that game. So I guess not up for that game is the greatest euphemism. <laughs> that was what that was the third time this season, fourth time this season of a just, historically poor effort by the team just like Im- <laughs> embarrassing yeah hunter dickinson effort. scored 33 points i don't care about hunter i don't fucking care who cares or doesn't care about hunter dickinson you can't let anybody put up 33 on you that's well, fucking insane well you throw a chair into his legs as he's running down the court if you have to, but you do something that's, I don't know that it would matter because it's not clear that he picks his legs up when he runs. It is the, I've never seen a run match a person's personality as much as uh, Hunter Dickinson's mm. does. But um, I, I mean that game was over after five minutes, eight minutes. It was similar to the Ohio State game. 
<laughs> in that way. Yes. Uh, so I, there's the the rotation was insane in the Michigan game. Um, but I think for me, the alarming piece was that uh, the the way MSU let Michigan's players be available for three-point shots, that uncontested three-point shots. Um, when the game plan was literally the same as the Purdue game plan, let the big dude make the points, don't let any of the shooters be effective, and somehow Michigan State just drops the ball. I'm both. I'm both. Let the shooters be effective and let the big man have a career day. Uh, question for you. On, on the outline here, you have a surrender lineup, Christy, Aiken, Sissoko, Hall, Brown. What does that mean? I was, it was a, so sometime in the second half, not like late, not late in the second half, quite early in the second half, you see Christy, Aiken, Sissoko, Hall, and Brown as the lineup. And I'm, and to me, at that point in time, that is Tom Izzo saying, I don't know the fuck I'm doing anymore. Like, I don't know what's happening here. I, nothing's working. Like, whatever. Are you saying that these guys are playing out of position? Because this looks like a perfectly normal rotation to me of well, Aikens, Christie's. I mean, it doesn't have a point guard. Hogard, sure. Hogard barely played in this game, and Tyson Walker struggled. Uh, so, so Christie ran a little bit from the point guard and that's been going fantastic this year. It actually went relative to everything else. Okay. In the Michigan game and Aikens is getting more and more run for himself. Yep. The I only am... thing weird about this is Sissoko being on the floor. Who, who, who I don't know. We're going to see on the floor ever again in this burn uniform. Um, in 12 yeah. minutes, Mati Sissoko puts up nine points. Mm-hmm. He is, was easily the most effective player in the entirety of that game. Did Insane. This, did this one hurt you guys, or was it just like after the first 10 minutes, such a foregone conclusion that you just sort of like just disassociated from your bodies and <laughs> went and did something else for a while? Like I couldn't decide if I was embarrassed. I couldn't decide if it didn't bother me. I, I didn't know what to do with this game. Uh, I was, I became angry that it seemed like no one there cared. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the fact that Hunter Dickinson is actively chirping at your bench. I think at one point in time in reference to Julius Marvel said too small, uh, like get somebody else out here. And no one cared. No, there, no one cared. Their 70-year-old coach stuck up for him at one point. Yeah, well, he, I mean, somebody had to. and I think The dude the- that is literally too small. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it was, it was pathetic. Uh, he called out Malik Hall in the press conference afterwards, specifically, mm-hmm. who... I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to look at Malik Hall and be like, oh, that was the problem. That was sometimes these like Izzo things and press conferences. I'm like, what is it that he's seeing? Like, because this is not the thing that I would have called out. Malik Hall played 19 minutes. Like, what did you want him to do? (laughs) Like, I mean, if we want to be honest about who was the problem, Max Christie was garbage in that game. 
Well, we got to save Max Christie because we have a problem. Max Christie is a problem. Max Christie is the problem. <laughs> We've God been talking us. about his freshman sophomore slump for oh, a I... few weeks now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's still going. It's yeah. it might it might be permanent. I think we're beginning to wonder. Well, let's move on. No. Is there anything that we need to say about Ohio State, or can we just skip that? Because the team skipped that game. Why would we spend any time with it? It was uh, it well, was I, a fifteen zero run or whatever it felt like, and then it was an actual basketball game for thirty five minutes. But it, it was a stalemate. It didn't. End, it didn't matter. That game didn't matter at all. I'm just curious. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, uh, they shot 54% and lost 55. Per- no, no, no. Uh, no, Ohio State shot 55% from the field. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, you saw in both of these games a a team that has historically, in this season that is, been an excellent three-point defense. They let Ohio State shoot 45% from behind the arc. They mm-hmm. let Michigan shoot 53% from behind the arc. Um, and then in Ohio state's case, uh, some dude that no one has ever seen before walked onto the team that day, uh, and put up 18 on them in the mm-hmm. name of Joey Brunk. The bigs are a real problem. Um, MSU yes. shot 50% from three in this Ohio state game and still lost on, on 18 attempts. Uh, 45% from the floor. Unbelievable. Uh, These are effort things. Yeah. And, 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 and when I say effort, they're not, I don't always mean physical effort. The like it at the Michigan game, the failure to stay home on your three point shooter was a mental lack of effort that, that is falling away for it, it is, it is being lazy mentally and that has pay, been painful to watch. That's the piece that I'm just like, what, what, are, you, what are you guys doing? I don't have your, your God-given skill, but I know, stay home on the shooter. You know where this manifests itself the most for MSU? 12 for 18 free throw shooting, 66%. That's it. And that's why we lost. Right there, 100%. Not even a question. That's the story of the game. I don't care if we're number one in the Big Ten on free throws. I don't care. I don't care. Honestly, though, Plum, in fairness, uh, that's only, what was it, six points they left on the board? That would not have made up the 11-point delta. Well, you never know. You never know. You can't really say. It's about the feeling of the game, Michael. (laughs) That's right. Everything has changed. I mean, actually, I think they brought it to within two at one point in time against Ohio State. And just, yeah, couldn't close the door. Hmm. Uh, it, It feels like this team... They will do the thing where they get way behind and then they flirt with making it a game again. You're talking about the Illinois situation, basically. Yeah, but they don't they don't have they don't have enough juice. They're not good enough. They don't. Yeah, no. Every once in a while, Tyson Walker will go off or Gabe will go off or Malik Hall will go off. But it's it's not enough. I mean, Tyson Walker, 18 points in six minutes. I never expect to see that again in my life. Yeah, like. That's not sustainable. Um, all right. So let's talk about this Maryland game. We don't need to, to dwell uh, on the Because we're going to just do this again in a few days. So <laughs> what's the point, really? 
So I didn't see this one. Uh, Someone's been on house hunting. I think truly the listenership might be more interested in your house hunting than this basketball team right now. Listen, I am. I don't know why we're talking about other things. Well, look, I think it's time that, uh, let me just say, it's a competitive market out there, and we might be going to a Patreon model sooner rather than later. So. <laughs> uh, let's just say rebounding. Rebounding. I mean, this was a defensive X's and O's game. This was the kind of game that Michigan State has been successful at forever. This is what Izzo has theoretically, according to all media accounts, preached for his duration or tenure as a coach it is what we have been inexplicably unable to do for the course of the season but it is just to play defensive basketball and today among other things we saw it in rebounding 39 boards for this team of which 11 were offensive and I just think that that is um I mean, I know I made a point about defensive but I just I'm, I'm trying to make two points simultaneously which is that we were working on both ends of the court and the the issues that Izzo was pointing, or that we've been talking about all season, but certainly that he brought up in his press conferences in the Michigan game and the Ohio State game was effort. It was hustle. It was determination. It was focus, but it was just elementary basketball. And so if they could do this, fuck. Like, and then shoot at least semi-consistently. Wow. You can be leading by 20 points for mul- multiple points in the game. So I don't know. Well, it, it helped that in the first half of this game, Maryland didn't appear to be even the least bit interested in getting a board. I think AJ Hogard uh, got a rebound with one hand in the paint at one point. <laughs> and if that happens, it means that Maryland is just getting back on defense. They did switch up on that a little bit. Uh, I think that was their game plan was yeah. to try to force MSU into the half court. Cause if I were trying to play MSU, I would force them into half court offense. Um, I think that was what they were selling off on on the selling out on the in the first half, and then they sort of switched it up in the second half a little bit. Yep. Um, but uh, I mean, I get I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it is a plus nine rebounding margin um, over the course of the game. I think the other thing that's pretty relevant here is that Maryland managed to just. Maryland did the MSU thing in the first 10 minutes of this game. And if they hadn't, there's a potential completely different outcome. Well, to be fair, we gave them multiple opportunities to close that gap because we decided to do the MSU thing where we inexplicably stopped driving the ball for five to six minute periods of time, just play ring around the Rosie outside the, the three point arc and then turn it over again. Inexplicably. I ring love ring around the Rosie. We were going to ring around the Rosie. We're going to go ring around the Rosie again and again. Uh, pretty good on free throws. Uh, 16 for 21. Plum. I'll take it. I mean, it. that's probably why, uh, they, why they won. The uh, real reason. Complaining. The real reason. They got reason, to the line. Hey. Fuck, we were 7 for 18 on the three. I mean, we were shooting threes. It was lovely to see all of the threes. There were players who had back-to-back threes. Things that we knew they could do. Things they have demonstrated time and time again they have the capacity to do. But things that they, for some reason, inexplicably refuse to do with any amount of consistency. I mean, MSU shot better for three in the Ohio State game than it did in the Maryland game, but oh. it's okay. Well, uh, again, I, I, I just have here. not every three is created equally, okay? And there are things about consistent threes at critical points in the game when you are able to stop a 10-point run 
yes. with back-to-back threes that completely change the energy and tenor of a game. So not so, every three is created equal. This is a perfect transition to Gabe, who had one of those very opportune uh, three-point shots um, when, I believe, Maryland had cut it down to a three-point game. And uh, I think then he followed it up with a drive and, a, and basically had five points and two possessions. Yep. Um, other than that, Gabe entirely disappeared in this game. <laughs> But Gabe had the most Gabe Brown game that Gabe could have. But well, you want on senior night? Now I mean, let's I'm talk just... about players who didn't do shit <laughs> and probably should be shot. Well, maybe not shot, but beaten to death at least. Max Christie. I was going to say, like, who are you going to go to <laughs> other than Max Christie? Max Max I'm Christie. I'm surprised Blum hasn't started referring to him by his birth name. Uh, when you turn the ball over almost as many times as points you scored, we have to have a serious conversation about what you are costing the program versus what you are contributing to the program. When your role is as a shooting guard and you cannot shoot the ball! Still played the most minutes on the team, by the way. (laughs) And yet, Izzo decides to come for Malik Hall. Tell me! Now, listen, I'm not telling you that you have to say, I got to have more leadership out of this kid. I don't expect leadership out of an 18, 19 year old freshman. Who, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I need leadership out of him. I can, I got seniors that have got to be, again, toasters in the back, but I don't need that from him. I need you to do, can you do one thing? I don't need you to do everything. Can you do one thing? Well, the problem is, is that Max Christie's been asked to do way too much. What? But but he but fine. Stop it. Don't he's not doing anything though. So ask him all the fuck you want. Doesn't matter. Uh Max Christie's I will say shot selection has gone big time sideways. Um uh did did Izzo go after Malik Hall in the post game? Not today. No, not today. But oh, okay. I just mean earlier in the week. And it's, it's, it's who he chooses to pick on. You know, not digging deep. They're not, like, do you just look at the freshmen? You're like, oh, they're just freshmen. We just don't expect mm-hmm. anything out of them. Um, I was going to say, because Malik Hall is the reason that MSU won this game. Uh, 17 points, uh, 7 for 11 shooting. Well, I would say um, Bingham, was with his double-double, had a very, very great performance as well. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Marcus Bingham, on senior day, does not play in the last 10 minutes of the game. And when it's time for him to come in and do his weird senior day thing, which we'll talk about in just a minute, he like just, he, he subs in, kisses the floor, subs right back out again. Like Izzo couldn't even find a place for him on the free throw. I, I understand that usually what you do is you kiss the floor and then you go back to the bench. But it was like, is there nothing? That we could do other than this like couldn't he have already been in the game over the last 10 minutes would it have been possible at all uh the, the man in 20 minutes had 11 rebounds and 12 points i know it's again but i i don't i'm not gonna chalk that one up to Izzo. i mean i think that there's something going on with this kid and i, I don't know what it is i think it's that he does not like basketball I, I think that's it. I, I think he doesn't like basketball. Who doesn't like basketball more? Hauser or Bingham? No, Izzo. Izzo doesn't <laughs> like basketball more, as evidenced by this fucking season. Uh, Joey Hauser. Uh, so I watched uh, I, I watched a, a brief highlight cut up. Um, 
Joe, what stuck out to me about Joey Hauser is he made a number of really excellent passes in this game. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I think the theme that I'm getting at here is that each of these seniors played the best version of themselves or, or t- their truest form anyway. You're right. So like Joey Hauser, one for five from the field, right? But pulls down five boards, five assists. Like, and can I just, can I underline the point about the three that he hit? Because his was either the first or the second three that staunched that 10 0 run that, uh, that, uh, oh, this is great podcast. Maryland started with in the second half. So again, to that, the three point things, if you're going to hit a three, that three at that moment is catalyzing for the energy that the team needed. Now, again, wh- where was it earlier? I don't know. Where was it later? I don't know. Yeah, but that's the I, other side of this. If he hits I, one or two of the other threes, then they're not in you're that not there. But well, he only know, took two. Well, but that's but and, but so part of it's selection. But but I'm just saying to this point here, there was that ounce of courage, that ounce of confidence, which he has lacked all season. And you know, six points doesn't speak to me very much about confidence or about attempting much. But if it's X's and O's, if it's strong passes, if he's pulling down five rebounds. And he does that catalyzing three that that there's some level of leadership there. And from what we've seen from Joey Hauser all season, ugh, this I'll accept as a good performance. Yeah, I, uh, Joey has for as much maligned as he was at the beginning of the season is not even close to being on my top 10 issues with this team. Uh, <laughs> like so uh, Joey, Joey had a Joey game and uh, and went out. As Joey, um, so Gabe had a Gabe game. Joey had a Joey game. Marcus, Marcus had Bingham Marcus had an excellent game, but like also had... unclear why he wasn't on the floor. <laughs> like it, so, Marcus Bingham uh, slash Tom Izzo and Marcus Bingham. Uh, let's talk about at least. Uh, there's a few other players worth mentioning, right? There's uh, one dude that had a very uncharacteristic game. Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker. Yeah who attempted more shots than anyone else on the team, uh, didn't convert at a huge volume on those, but did attempt them, which is and, the weird thing. And low, 13 points. I mean, that's not a... Hey, I, I, would, I will take Tyson Walker taking shots. I mean, he went, you know, a little better than 33% from the field. Like, well, that's not great, but I'll take it. Well, when you when you, when the only other point guard that we have available to us only shoots four points in the game, yeah, well, I'll take thirteen any day of well, the week. I, we don't really know what his health situation is. Yeah, right? he we might still have strap. Available. He is. So, uh, yeah, in fairness AJ, to AJ Hogard, AJ gets a big pass. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> I'm not willing to do that. And I'm sorry. I just need a quick. And I don't know if you can edit this and post. Uh, you can't. I don't Mm-mm. care. I'm still going to say it. Mm-hmm. Max Christie is responsible for forty. Five turnovers this season. 45. He is surpassed only by our two point guards, for whom I imagine it's more acceptable to turn the ball over because you're really in control of it and there's more opportunities for you to fail. There's no excuse for a shooting guard. None. Zero. And for his He's, position, I have to believe, I have to believe for his position, it is the highest number of turnovers. I'd like someone, namely Anthony Garbert, to fact check me on that. I really thought that you were going to go with something with like, Christie is responsible for war crimes or something like that. <laughs> I really thought you were going in another direction. In fairness uh, to Max Christie, he's been put on the floor more than any other Spartan by far. 
Yes, so. his minutes, his in yes, that's a good point. His minutes uh, eclipse everybody except for maybe. But Gabe he Brown. has been playing poorly for the. I last think the listeners. I think the listeners hear your excuses, <laughs> and they recognize them for what they are, and okay. they recognize the atrocities that yeah. are Thank Max you. Christie's game of. Uh, so we we touched briefly on Malik Hall. Um, I, I think the other person of note in this game is Jay Nakins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I'm I'm fine with his 18 minutes and and a relatively quiet stat. I mean, four boards, four assists, and two steals. You know, only two points, but like that's that's the, you, 18 that's, minutes. That's a lot more basketball than anyone else from Ipsy Prep has played over the oh, last month. Oh <laughs> wow, that's great. He did a guest appearance at Ipsy Prep. Let's be clear. Uh, Sunshine now claims him. Uh, <laughs> is it Sunshine or Sunrise? Sunrise. Sunrise Academy. Yeah. Um, Sunshine Academy, coached so... by Tom Tom. <laughs> oh, please, Tom. please stop. <laughs> no, this is the commercial. I'm writing it right now. They commissioned me weeks ago. I'm behind. I actually, I need to get uh, a test copy over there. <laughs> uh, so, real quick though, because we talked about Marcus Bingham uh, and his weird minute situation. You know, after Julius Marble got cooked by two big men, it is interesting to me that he gives back up the starting spot uh, and plays, what, 10 minutes in this game? 10 minutes, yeah. Eight yeah. points. I mean, but that's got to be both a reflection of it being senior day and that defensive outcome, right? Yeah, but he missed the front end of a one and one and then Plum called Izzo and said, get his ass out of the game. He's gone. And Tom said, you're right. You're right. This is fair. It is hard to see him on his phone talking to me during the game, but if you do check, you can. You can see that's what he's doing. Really, what uh, most of the time what I see is Izzo trying to call Plum, and Plum's just not picking up, and Izzo's just distraught. Uh, so upset. There's one more guy that we got to talk about. Yeah. Less than a minute played, one steal, Stevie Izzo. Yes! The whole game. The whole game. At the podium today, Tom Izzo said George Blaha told him that the Maryland game, that in the Maryland game, he saw an entire season. This game was for him the entire season. And what that means to me is Steven Izzo with a steal. That, that is the season. That's Blaha it. Was Crystallized it. According to Chris Solari on Twitter. <laughs> so what do you want me to tell you? Uh, I do. I did enjoy seeing Stevie Izzo uh, steal that ball as if he was stealing it for his dad. Because I think <laughs> afterwards he gathered the ball and like what? held it as the game ball to give to dad. He <laughs> did throw it out of bounds at his dad as he was running up the court. He did not know what to do. <laughs> he was dribbling it with both hands. It was very confusing for the poor kid. <laughs> uh, so let's let's. It's end of regular season. Who gives a shit about the Big Ten tournament? I mean, we'll kind of preview it, but I think it's worth... I mean, we're, are we going to... Should we just talk about it right now? Yeah, let's Is just there, talk about it. We play Maryland, probably. Play Maryland on Thursday. Yeah. We're going to play them. Would anyone be surprised if this this is a loss? Oh, no, we will lose this game. Yeah. Absolutely. It, we'll probably lose by 25. Would it be a surprise to either of you if you found out that this team is only going to play two more 
games for the rest of the season. No. I think the better question is, would it be a relief to you if this game team only played two more games? So when I said that it, we were going to be a 5-12, and 12, you do know that I meant that we would be the 12 and that we would just lose as the 12. As the 12. Yeah. So uh, I think we both agree. Uh, we all sort of agree that this is a bit of a toss-up game on Thursday. Right now, Bracket Matrix has us you know, set you know, through all of the aggregation at an eight seed. So that's the eight, nine matchup. Uh, no, I thought that someone said that we were going to be a seven, 10, seven and 11. That was what that's uh, on the athletic. Sorry. This is terrible podcast. It's, it's possible. Content. I mean, we, uh, I think bracket matrix has this as the top eight seed. All so right. depending on what happens, if they beat Maryland, you're up in the seven type area. Uh, if they go on a run, I mean, if they win the Big Ten tournament, maybe you're a six or a five. Or if uh, you're in the championship. Um, if this team is in the 8-9 matchup, that's another 50-50 shot. Right for there. Sure. Would you agree, though, that in some ways the best outcome for this team, like for the season and how we feel about things, is honestly for them to make a run in the Big Ten tournament? Like the Big it, Ten tournament or the yes. NCAA tournament? Yeah, like, well, I mean, in the sense that mm, I don't know that they're going far in the NCAA tournament. I like, mean, obviously, if we had a choice, we would choose for course. them to go on a run in the NCAA tournament. Of course. It, but, it, like, I don't know. I, I'm i curious. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that most people, many of our listeners as much as they enjoy basketball season would not mind turning the page on this particular year. I, I think that that's a mistake for one reason. Okay. We get the NCAA tournament one time a year and sure. I personally enjoy it much more. Even games that MSU isn't involved in much more mm-hmm. when MSU is still in the tournament, still in the tournament. But so, you, you would agree that Twitter question power rankings come after the tournament. And so that may be an incentive for people to. I would agree that the upper tech jerk guy might think it's a great reason for this team to bounce. But I think for general listener, uh, the preference would be to keep MSU in the tournament. Just to just generally, I don't think anyone thinks that MSU is going to. Certainly not bringing or get a final four. Definitely not happening. No, no one thinks that. I will say though that a a, a, a losing to Maryland on Thursday means we lose the opening game, our first game, whatever it is, in the tournament. Weirdly, strangely, I think the opposite is true. Do you really? Yeah, because we know who this team is, and I think they. They are going to have, they can only win half their games. I think I'd rather take the loss in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. Maybe they get a win then in the first game of the NCAA tournament. I love that logic. What's striking to me is that we could absolutely win the Big Ten tournament. We've beaten all these teams. Yeah. There's there's no reason why we can't win the Big Ten tournament. We won't, but but it, but I would have told you when we were 14-2, and two, that this season we were absolutely going to win out the season and the tournament. What has happened in January and February to me remains beyond explanation. It, it I think just it is com- 
unfathomable to me. Uh, I think the more accurate, if I may, way of saying this is this team is capable of beating any one of the Big Ten teams. It's incapable of getting a three-game winning streak. Or there it is. Like that, that it would there require. It is. Well, we can't get a two-game winning streak. We haven't all. We haven't since uh, early January, no. end of December. So that's why I say to you, I, we're. Uh, it, uh, Anyway. How would you feel? How would you guys feel about this team if it got to the Sweet 16, though? I mean, talk about house money. Yeah. Like, I I would say, does anyone know we're frauds? Like, but then again, you know, UCLA did whatever it is they did last year. And, you know, we had a close game. Multiple people had very close games against UCLA. Yeah. Including us. In yeah, the, in the play-in game. Well, not a play-in game. It's the first four, Kevin. I'm I want sorry. to be very clear. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, can we can we talk sort of general thoughts about the team, and then maybe a bit about next year? Fine. So, so if they're in that eight-nine game, they would have to knock off a one seed to get into the Sweet Sixteen. Um. How would you feel about this team if they knocked off a one seed? I would I would say they can knock off a one seed. Absolutely. We were competitive with Baylor. We were competitive with Kansas. Again, we have the capacity. A one seed does not want to see this team. No. I mean, we beat Purdue. We 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 didn't beat Illinois either time, but came very close. This team also has the capacity to lose by 40 to a one seed. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, all right. So, Tyson Walker shoots 14 times from the field. Going into this game, Tyson Walker was the highest three-point percentage in the country. Uh, for Greg, any player. Any player. And not, not just Michigan State. Literally anybody in the country was not shooting the three ball as well as Tyson Walker. And inexplicably, he would sometimes not even shoot one in a game. So... Greg, you had called out this as a comparison point to Cassius as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by that for those who maybe don't get that call back? Well, I am too lazy uh, to look this up, slash I probably should have had this prepared in advance. But as I recall, Cassius Winston, his sophomore year, had a three-point shooting percentage somewhere in the low 40s. I think it was like 44 or something. I mean, we think of Cassius Winston as a pretty good three-point shooter, but I believe if you he actually regressed. look at him, it fell. And now yeah. some of that is the the you know, shots that he's asked to take and those yeah. types of things. Um, His knees falling apart because we rode him into the ground. There's that. There's that factor as well. Uh, but he was a dude that his sophomore year, there were big parts of the fan base that were like, why is this guy not taking more shots it, with yeah. the with a three point percentage like this. So it, the reason I'm not too upset with Tyson Walker for going one for five today is that we know that he can make these shots and yeah. we want him to attempt more of them. And hopefully with that, I'm not saying that Tyson Walker is going to turn into Cassius Winston next year. Cause I, we've seen him operate in ball screens and I don't, I don't know that two more years he's going to turn out to be a Cassius Winston. Um, but if we could get something, whether it's him playing off the ball because AJ Hogard's playing 25 minutes at the one, mm -hmm. so he plays a little bit more on the two, um, or whether it's just him looking for his shot 
when he's coming off screens and guys are going under on him. Yeah, like I'll Tyson, put the dagger one. in. Put the dagger in when they go under. That's it. Um, the the uh, Plum, you had a note here about uh, about something that uh, Colton Pouncey wrote. You want to give the? I think that's from you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, you know, it's about Izzo. You know, I, I, and again, I. It's it's the stuff that we continue to see, and it's for me the concern. It's the concern with this program, and it, and you guys mentioned it earlier when you talked about how. Um, the, the, after the Michigan loss and then the Ohio state loss, how the, the Twitter sphere and others have kind of picked up with what the hell is going on in that man's brain. Um, but it, you know, Pouncey says there's nothing new or particularly illuminating about Izzo's comments. Whenever he speaks, it's the same stuff again. And again, it's the same issues. Izzo's tried tough love. He's tried lineup changes. He's conducted meetings with each and every player on the roster to make sure that they're on the same page. And yet they are where they are. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how you make sense of that. You know, it in if you can't coach the team to do better and the team is has the capacity to do well, the, and, and some of it is coaching, you know, I mean they go on these these 10 12 point runs and Izzo is like refuses to use a timeout. So some of that's coaching, like just not staunching the bleeding. But but if what's happening behind the scenes, if what's happening in the locker room, if what's happening with these guys one on one, isn't generating results, then it the fruit's bad. The, 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 the guys don't give a fuck. I, and, and and we've left scholarships open. Well, Who's we there? Yeah, I, I mean, Izzo's reason for leaving scholarships open, if you'll recall, is was having uh, culture issues on the team, potentially. He thought someone, you know, bringing guys in would mess things up. That might have been a good thing. Um, I think uh, you had him anyway, Tom. Oh, I mean, by the way, I looked it up. Cassius Winston, 49% from three his sophomore year. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, I, I, my, my only point here is that it, Izzo is it, it, grasping. He's done what he can do, and it's not enough. And when, you, when, you've, when you've reached your peak as a coach for a program that has latent talent that cannot click, that that's that is a gap that just that's a failing. Tom Izzo has failed with his team, and that's on him. Yeah, there's a a Tucker quote that I really like, and it's that you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Yep. And there are, there are things that I've seen this season that it's like, which is it, Tom? Like leaving the three point shooters wide open when I know that's not the game plan. Like, so you aren't coaching it. You're allowing it to happen. Yep. Um, the, and to Greg's point about leaving the scholarships open, I don't, my concern with Tom is that he wouldn't have utilized those as a, a meaningful stick, if you will, instead of a carrot. Like he wouldn't have used it. He wouldn't have cut playing time from Gabe Brown. Like, I just, I don't know that I see that happening from Tom Izzo. For whatever reason, Marcus Bingham, he's done it with, but there's other guys I just, I don't see him doing that to. And mm-hmm. so I don't know that he, if he used those scholarships, anything happens. Um, I, you know, it's senior day, so it's worth mentioning that we're not going to have these guys next year, presumably. Well, right? let's talk about that. Okay. Um, There are three dudes. They all 
I don't know if it was weird for them of like, do I stay in? Do I just go right back out again? It seemed like there was some confusion with the whole kissing center court. Oh, situation. sure. I didn't see. So fill me I in. don't know if it was confusion for the game circumstances or confusion of like, are we doing this? But these three guys can all come back technically on paper, not asking should they. I think that's an entirely different conversation that we'll have over and over again over the summer. I'm asking right here, right, right now, put your stake in the sand. Will they come back? Oh, will they? Will they come back next year? No, no. I think also, I think this is the last time we've seen all three of these guys. Uh, If, and if one of them does come back, I will announce my resignation from the podcast (laughs) and go become celibate and live in the woods. So generally speaking, instead of every other week, it would just be sort of <laughs> no weeks that you would be here. Okay. I can't uh, articulate why this is, but I think if one of them does come back, I haven't thought this until like the last hour, but I'm just going to say it. I think it's Gabe. I hope not. Right. But and, I- and, 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 and can we just say too how shameful it is? How shameful it is that if it is Gabe, that our collective sense is going to be regret. Is it not just defeating to you that at the beginning of the season, if you could have pointed to anyone and said, God, I hope he gives us a sixth year. It's Gabe Brown. I mean, I, I don't fucking know what to do with that. The, the problem is. Yeah, I will. We'll have a whole year. We'll have a whole off season to talk about this. Yeah, let's keep going because we got a we got I, we got a thousand questions to get yeah, to here. We we don't. Uh, they're mostly from Mama Maple Leaf. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, Susan, I I tend to think Tom says, "Why don't you just go get your bag, whatever size bag that is? You can go ahead and get that bag." Uh, it's going to depend on what he's seeing in the transfer portal. It's going to nice. depend on what he's willing to accept. It's going to depend on a number of factors. And I think he's going to take the devil he knows rather than the devil that he doesn't. But so we don't need to talk about whether or should they come back. I, I think the the pieces, the, the, the problem with that conversation that I can't I can't divorce from when you talk about what's going to happen with next year's team is that there are there are pieces on this team now. That I'm looking forward to seeing more of for sure. And the way I see more of them is for those people to leave. I need to see more Jaden Akins. I need to see more of a two guard lineup. Like, and, and that requires moving on from some folks. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's hard for me to have the, like, I would like to talk about what I want out of next year's team, because there are reasons to be optimistic, but I don't, I, I can't have that conversation without talking about them leaving. And, and, you know, to Plum's point about leadership, these things are all married together. This is this I've said it before, but this team's like inability to show up for three consistent games is identical to literally Gabe Brown's game of basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's offense is one dimensional like Gabe Brown's game of basketball. This is the man's senior day. Let's go easy on him. Fuck um, him. No, you're you're right. I, I mean, 
I mean, yes. it, there's no greater betrayal than when Upper Deck Jerk Guy chooses to start asking about other guys' games. Yeah. And and he's already suffered that indignity. Like, do we really need to pile on to Gabe anymore? All right. Gabe, well, I think creator of great gifts. We'll say that. Well, there's that. All right. Let's head uh, off Grand River. Well, so, yes. Are we going to talk hockey again, which is still off Grand River until it deserves to be on Grand River? Yeah. We really we gotta, need, we need we, Jer. We got to get Jer in here because this is just... If you don't know, dear listener, there were two humiliating games against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Oh, I, so, like, so we're not talking about the, the basketball game. <laughs> truly awful. Truly awful games. So... Uh, is the is the guy who's still accused of creating a hostile work environment coaching their team? Yes. And apparently it's working well. So <laughs> just, you know, hey, it works for the University of Michigan. And it works for hockey guys generally also. They Good God. they excel in those types of environments. Uh, we, really can upsetting. I, can I interject something on the outline that was not there? Fine. That is the ESPN article. Okay, go ahead, Paula. You, you want to have a discussion? Usually podcast listeners let's lift back the curtain just real quick while michael jones takes a big swig uh usually when we're having conversations like these we discuss them in detail in advance deeply here we have mike jones raising his hand saying i have an opinion let's shoot this one from the hip Uh, let's go no my commentary is going to be quite narrow and it and it has to do with the thumbnail that's my commentary. Go ahead. That a, a, Paula Levine uh, writes. Everyone who listens to this no, knows. Notorious anti-Spartan, Paula Levine. Uh, uh, of of uh, notoriety for, you know, the the banner that had uh, Izzo, Larry Nasser, and Mark D'Antonio writing a story about Michigan State and Title IX. She probably didn't make that graphic, but go ahead. But, well, but we're, there's a pattern, Kevin, and yeah. that's the piece of this that I wanted to I, like. So uh, writes an article about um, college coaches uh, and a Trump era change to the Title IX rule that uh, it, it, it impacted sort of the discovery process and, and the participation in team sports, mm-hmm. um, which I, I want to set all of that to the side. because. Uh, in it, I believe uh, Brenda Tracy, who we've talked about here on the pod, and like her Brenda work, Tracy, like her a lot, uh, actually gave uh, a quote about how Mel Tucker was doing good things. Yes, at and the, a leader, a leader among coaches. Yes, handled uh, the Ricky White situation well, is what she said. Incredibly well. Yes, textbook, and, and, you might say. Yeah, it, you know. As soon as there was an issue, kicked a player off the team. Indeed, got sued. The, got the university sued for making sure that a player who was accused of sexual assault was nowhere near. Did the not play. But yes, that's not new. The university has been sued by other football players in the past. But anyway, point being is that in this article, nice things are said about Mel Tucker. Yes. The headline of the article, though, implies much else. And the thumbnail, the picture, the graphic for it is Mel Tucker. Of in an article about coaches that are not good, and the headline framing it about coaches who are not good, they choose to use a picture of someone who is leading in this space. Can I ask and this question too? I just can I just say I want to. I just want to say it is now a pattern that they do this, mm-hmm. and that is. I mean, it it is. If you could get someone for a headline and a, and a thumbnail, it is borderline defamatory what they did. 
and it, and it, that is it, that is shameful. Like it it is bad editing. Like it didn't get the gist of the story. Indeed, it misled people. And uh, everyone at ESPN should be ashamed of that. The reporting. I don't. I think these are good stories to tell, but like you need to frame it in a more responsible and ethical way. And that's my high horse. That's what I wanted to say about it. It was worth mentioning because I don't think we've gone after Paula that much here, but that really pushed me over. She's an idiot. That's first. Is it also racist? Is that can we say that? Well, that was my question. The because the, there are coaches who are negatively castigated, or at least there are questions raised. None of them are black. And the Nature. one and the one black man mentioned in that article and the highest paid black coach in all of sports is the thumbnail picture you use, despite the fact that there is no in, no insinuation, no allegation, no incrimination that he has done a single thing wrong. And in fact, the article goes above and beyond to point out that he has done good things. So I think it underlines your point here. I think it's bad journalism. It's to, it's what to, we should expect from ESPN, and it's certainly what we should expect from Paul Levine, who just has got to be in her bonnet about Michigan State because she is an idiot. In a in a week where Art Bryles has to resign after being at Grambling, Grambling State, State. Yeah. for like all of ten minutes, you could have used a picture of Art Bryles and just for fun, just file photo Art Bryles, like archive photo. Anyway, so I think that was a narrow enough topic. We didn't have to like have a bigger conversation about what we wanted to say about it. But uh, that that really was noteworthy to me that they that was they made a decision to do that. I mean that that wasn't that wasn't laziness. That that was a choice, um, and I think that is that's it, it's bad. It's not good. Well, let's say this then as our uh, last or second to last point for off Green River. I don't know if this was off or not. I don't think we mentioned this, but Izzo finally made history today. Uh, Michigan State uh, in beating Maryland. He has surpassed Bobby Knight uh, for all-time winningest coach in the Big Ten. Uh, in 20, uh, sorry, where am I at? 20, his 27th year finally happened. 663 wins. 27 seasons in the Lansing. Really, really impressive. Uh, just to give him some accolades that he has earned at the ripe age of 67 years old. Uh, Big 10 record, 23 straight NCAA tournament appearances, eight Final Fours, one national championship, 10 regular season Big 10 championships, six Big 10 tournament titles, uh, three-time Big 10 Coach of the Year, and enshrined in the Naismith, Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2016. So... To, that for him. On the subject of Izzo's legacy, he's about 30 wins, Big Ten wins behind Bob Knight for most Big Ten wins of all time, I believe. And he's like two um, Big Ten championships behind Bob Knight. Um, if you do, do you think he makes he, one I, or both of those? He makes I bet you he makes winning his Big Ten coach. OK, like I. I 30-ish wins? 30-ish. It's only, yeah, it's only another two seasons. It's, yeah, it's potentially only two more seasons. Yep. Um, I I have a question for you guys. Uh, I assume that the answer is yes to do you want Tom Izzo coaching this team next year? Yeah, I'm not on this yeah. Twitter but high horse. No, 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 no. But do you want Tom Izzo coaching this team in six years? No, probably not in six. But do you know why not six? 
Because he'll already won two national championships in this time. Because he doesn't need six. Because Drew Valentine will be ready in four to take over the program. The they did. Loyola Chicago did just win the conference. They are they're oh, they did? in the dance. Yeah. I thought they slipped off. No, nah, they just won the conference today. Sister Jean ain't dead yet, my friend. She ain't dead yet. Or is that Gonzaga? <laughs> I don't know who she is. That's, that's Loyola. Loyola Chicago. You, had you, got, right. you got it. Hey. Guys. I watch things on television. Hey, guys. I, I, I'm a sports person. <laughs> uh, last note uh, regarding the tournament. Coach K, in what I would describe as... A true piss-in-the-milk move. Uh, <laughs> uh, the most Coach K thing ever. If, if you're someone who announces in a, year, in a year in advance that this is your last year... So that you can go and be celebrated everywhere and have a bajillion ESPN spots plugging you getting pantsed at home. Uh, the ACC I, network, and this is true, has a K-cam where you can tune in to just the Coach K-cam. Why would you have a camera paint, pointed at someone who looks so... What, like a vampire? Like a rat. Like a true gutter rat. Who like, just found his cereal, and it's been pissed in. Like, remember, remember Pizza Rat? Like, a worse version of Pizza Rat. Anyway, Coach K has made a special request to the selection committee that Duke be given Chicago as uh, their tournament site because it's his hometown. And I just, something tells me he's going to have that request granted. Oh, you are 100% right. And let me tell you, not a single person alive in Chicago will be rooting for him. Not one. And so for that reason and that reason alone, I hope he gets it awarded. I hope he gets it awarded and I hope someone spits on him while he is wherever he is playing and hopefully losing. So the problem with this is that the committee knows the committee knows that they they shouldn't they shouldn't acquiesce this request. But they um, will. But they will. But so I look forward to what they're like, oh, it's just a complete coincidence. One hundred percent coincidence. Oh, it couldn't be helped, is what they'll say. Something like that. Um, and then some other team will be obviously screwed. <clears throat> yes. Um, and yeah. Michigan State uh, will go to Albuquerque. That's great. And, and and they'll just they'll the 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 committee will just be like, oh no, that was just that was the way that we did it. We didn't even think about that. Oh oh, did he make that request? Oh, we, is, is Gary Barter running know. this committee? <laughs> <laughs> really? I have no idea. Oh God, I hate it. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's hit these Twitter questions and get out of here. And of course, leading us off as promised, my Maple Leaf, my Maple Leaf, who asks here in March, the theme of Women's History Month this year is women providing healing, promoting hope. That feels and making homes. Like, I mean, what is this? Uh, who do you want to honor? With that focus in mind, women providing healing and promoting hope. Uh, oof, anyone got anything? I don't know, man. Do you guys know any women? Uh, who's is, is it? Is it, Dr., is it Dr. Sally Yates? Is she the chief uh, sports medicine? Sure. Person? You, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. I think there are so many better local folks. I would call out Dr. Mo Connolly, the medical director at our Ruth Ellis Center partnership at Henry Ford. Uh, Dr. Janae Keldoon led Michigan's COVID response. She's now the chief uh, health equity officer for CVS. Um, there's so many women who can be uh, called upon here to do 
a great thing. So Dr. Those Jill are Biden, fantastic. Love Dr. Jill Sally Biden. Nogle. Sally Nogle. You've yeah. seen her on the football sideline. Mm. And, and, and providing healing, promoting hope. What are you? What are you talking about? She she heals athletes and promotes hope that they'll be back to the the field at, at some other time. All right. <laughs> All right. That's We're going to take something beautiful and make it weird, Mike Jones. Uh, Ranking right. number four out of ten, the Bleacher Report has listed the bo- battle for Paul Bunyan as one of its most anticipated match rematches of the 2022 season. Which twosome do you think will shine brighter against the, the UM revenge factor? The Thornton-Reed pairing or Henderson-Williams-led defense? Mm, Thornton-Reed for sure for me over here. Yeah, I yeah, that's uh, a twosome, really. Henderson Williams, not so much a twosome. Just uh, sounds like a pretty good twosome to me. Yeah, the duo of death. I believe they refer to themselves. <laughs> yeah, they have a secret handshake. Uh, uh, I don't expect that the defense is going to all of a sudden become the the focal point of this team next year. So how dare you? Uh, In fairness, Kevin, we did not anticipate that we would have a run game. And then Ken Walker shows up. The national Heisman winner, Kenneth Walker III. Yes, he did win the Heisman. If that that trophy has any validity, he did. Um, Here, here. uh, Next up from a mud belief, uh, UM just went ahead on the conference win-loss tie record with MSU, but MSU still leads in the overall win-loss record. What is it about this season that keeps consistency of remarkable Spartan efforts off the court? I, that is a clunky sentence. What uh, is what is this? Is that true? They have more conference wins than we do now? No, I don't think they do. Mm. All right, Mama Maple Leaf, until that can be fact checked, we're moving on to Carl. You do too much, bro. From a strictly medical perspective. Uh update. Uh they are tied. They are both eleven and nine in conference play. And oh. MSU has more wins overall. On the head to head. And the head to head is one and one. But uh, historically, is that what she means? I don't think she means historically here. I didn't get historically from this. Well, either way, your question is wrong, and you should be ashamed. All right. Uh, I also don't know, even if we were going to answer this question on face value, uh, there's nothing about this team that's consistent. Nothing. So she's saying, she's saying, why can't they be? She, she said in the most convoluted way possible, I believe. Oh, that keeps consistency off the court. Ah, it's because these guys are not good. They're not, they're not really good players. There's not going to be anyone on this team. That's on the first team, the second team or the all freshman or the honorable mention. Like they, and not one of them is going to smell the NBA draft. Uh, Christy will at some point. Yeah, but not this year. No, there's no yes. one on this team this year who's going to smoke the NBA. Draft. But to answer your question about consistency, it's because they hate there's, basketball. There's the reason that all of them have to play except for Mati Sissoko. There it's it is. because no one's no one's taking those minutes. Gabe Brown. All right, asking. Uh, I'm gonna. This one's going to Grooch. This is from Carl. You do too much, bro. Uh, from one malevolent draft to another. From a strictly medical perspective, what degree of tummy ache does one need to experience before it's apropos to sit out against your rival in a more or less must-win game? Asking for a malevolent giraffe who runs like he sleeps with a stack of waifu body pillows. (laughs) Thanks! Well, Carl, I do believe that it was strep throat is what we were told. And he did try to play for like two or three minutes, which is weird. Cause didn't we learn from COVID? <laughs> if you're sick, you're sick. 
just don't play, man. Like, are we are we back to this already? That's all I could think when he got in the game and they were already like, oh, yeah, A.J. Hogarth's out with illness. And when I, he traveled with them, Kevin, when he got on a bus, bus. with them. Yeah, and, and then he checks in and I'm like, did we learn nothing from the global pandemic? Also, are we still know, doing this? Tom Izzo, for as much as you did COVID promos and talked about it about people getting vaccinated and wearing masks during press conferences when no one asked you to say those things you you tom Izzo, learned nothing you learned nothing nothing we do do appreciate the psas though we do we do everyone get vaccinated wear your mask there it is next up from the upper deck jerk guy guys when does uh football season start uh i think we're gonna be talking about it big time next week august it starts in august (laughs) that's the month is there any interest in going to the Washington game? Let's I've go. Talked about this. I'll go. Do you guys know that Washington has boat tailgating? Do you know that both Seattle and Detroit are Delta hubs? Fly Delta, everybody. Dot com. Fly Delta. I can well, be you convinced. Got miles you can give me right. Sure. Why not? You can get a. You, you know what? I bet if you looked Newark to Seattle right now on Delta, you'd be flying through Detroit Listen. City. Listeners, if there's any interest in having a can't read, can't write boat gates or ship gates or whatever they're talking about, whatever. Wait, are you talking about those duck boats that sink all the time and kill all those people? What? You talking about the refugee crisis? What are are we going? Oh, this got dark fast. You are senseless. This is the Mediterranean. Unbelievable. Honestly, Desmond can read a broom. I mean, really, go blue. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You know. That it took me like five hours to realize maybe he didn't know what he did. I just assumed that it was just like he knew when he was making a joke or he took that oh, opportunity. No, he didn't know. I no, it didn't even guy. occur simple. to me that he he's didn't simple. know. But I also bet he hasn't deleted the tweet. He did delete it. He did. Um foolish. But reach out to us. If there's any interest in having a Washington boat tailgate. Maybe this is something that we can make happen. Through that Patreon, baby. All right. Uh, next up from uh, the Epidemic Jerk Guy. What should I do the first weekend of the tourney? I got uh, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to a local butcher. Patreon. You're going to go to a local butcher. Okay? You're going to get a nice cut of meat. I don't know. Pork butt. D- fine. Is that a nice cut of meat? Yeah, you smoke it for 16 hours, it turns into like... Uh, People oh, don't oh. have the tools for this, Michael. If you don't have that, just go get a nice New York strip, okay? That's you're gonna You're going to season it nicely. You're going to spend your time seasoning the meat. You're going to go to your uh, your local corner, I don't know, gr- where, gas station or whatever the hell it is. You're going to oh, eat your go. propane. Gas station. But you're going to refill your propane tank. You're going to fire up the grill because it's inexplicably warm again. It's that early March summertime we get here. And that's what you're going to do. And you're going to grill that fucker and it's going to be delicious. And you're going to ask a friend to come over and cook some potatoes or grill some vegetables. That's how you're going to spend that weekend. And you're going to not regret it. That's that's all you're going to do. A little whiskey. You're, you're going to drink a lot of whiskey. And you're going to have good conversation. You're not going to turn on the television. In fact, you're going to turn your phone off. You don't need technology. You need you to connect need with people. Meat. You need meat. That's what you'll do. All right. 
Uh, he is definitely going to uh, sound clip you saying you need meat, and that's going to be uh, a thing on Twitter. Yeah, if uh, you can do that sound clip as your picture, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up from the Abject Jerk Guy, can an entire basketball team be pi- bipolar? Oh, for Christ's sake. Uh, we do... Uh, I, that was his question, not ours. I That's be, true. Yes, we I want to be that. sensitive yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the gist of the question is, why can't they be consistent? Listen, let me say this. I wish they were bipolar, and I'll tell you why. Bipolar disorder can be controlled with medication. Medication can help even out the highs and lows of bipolar disorder and allow individuals to regain some level of consistent functioning in life and, and have back independence and other pieces of life they value. This team can't be fixed with medication. In fact, they can't be fixed. So, you know, in some respects, it's this team that is the disorder, not bipolar. It's this team and each individual on this team that should be castigated, not the presence of mental illness. And that, that is the takeaway to this question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love I love what you did there. Thanks. Uh, listener Mike Jones is up next with, who was Marcus <laughs> Mingham? I love it. Love it. Seven footer footer shooting threes, hits three of four. He's a freshman, right? Well, Marcus he, Mingham. Marcus Mingham, not allowed to play more than 20 minutes in a game. If he does, he turns into a pumpkin. <laughs> did Marcus Mingham hit? He did hit three for yes. four. <laughs> yes, he did. In his double-double that happened Bro. in 20 minutes, so he didn't turn into a pumpkin. These guys had their most characteristic games, including Marcus Bingham playing well and then not getting played. Not playing and then not playing. <laughs> Tom said, I've given you the green light as a compromise for one three a game. Four is unacceptable, four is, even if you made three not. of them. And two of them were not straight off from the hoop. Two of them were oh. off on his rakish angle that he's been taking recently. Um, and and one it's of not them was, like a, he was getting abused. A bank shot. One was a bank shot. Yeah, straight on bank shot. How do you look at the box score and then say, oh, that was a good decision just playing him 20 minutes? There that was the right decision. We're going to find out what was actually going on there in like five years. And I can't wait to find out what it is. Yes. Like we're going to find out that Marcus Bingham was not watching the Tom Izzo show or something like that. And Tom took it personally. It had better be insider trading. <laughs> uh next up from mike jones can't read can't write can't pick winners bracketology group we got some people interested i will set it up on espn he did actually send us this uh a, a bracket uh we will tweet it out uh listener mike jones did our uh bull pick as well right yeah uh and i did indeed did. win that so fuck um, off the name of this group though is not going to be can't read can't write can't pick winners it's going to be paula levine is a fuck <laughs> All right, that's the name of the group. So look it up. So uh, hate crime. Uh, hate crime is the name. <laughs> John Elderberry is up you next with why <laughs> uh, to be continued. And he did. I just saw it tweet out uh, a, a if you just type in why uh, to Google. Uh, it is why is the sky blue? Why is gas so expensive? Why is gas going up? Why is Russia attacking Ukraine? Why are gas prices rising? Why is my poop green? Why women kill? Why were chainsaws invented? <laughs> but the best one there was the last one. Why were chainsaws invented? And that is a legitimate question. Who would think that? Uh, they're not 
inherently sharp. <laughs> not inherently sharp. They're just chains. <laughs> Do you think that it's a regular chain that's on no, a chain? No, I know. It's, I know it has the things in it. I know it has the it things is, in it. It has teeth. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> no, not I like the idea though that like you're riding around your bike and, bike like, and it could be and you just slice your leg off and you're like damn chainsaws ruin chains for everyone now now they all have to be inherently sharp <laughs> thank you John LBB that was a uh, good one no uh Plum anything you have to say is our uh, medical uh, uh, correspondent on this poop green situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of reasons for that. None of them good. Uh, none of them good. Next up, Nate C. Uh, who's excited for the tournament, A? Eh? Not you, Nate C. Not <laughs> you. Unless you're rooting for Davidson. Hey, uh, are they gonna Davidson? Make it? Where are we? Where? Uh, let me check the bracket matrix on this. Come through, Davidson. I'm rooting for you. I want to see Foster Lawyer trip. Oh out. my god! No, he's out. What happened? Uh, bracket matrix. The aggregation of all the bat- of all of the uh, brackets currently has Davidson as the last nine seed. Which, if you the first eight seed would probably play the last nine seed. But uh, can you imagine such out. a thing? What happened though, Jones? I didn't hear you. Plantar plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. Yes, thank you. God. Uh, That's yeah. why he kept tripping all over himself. His plantar fascia are too tight. Yes, uh, that's what it was, and he's just not not athletic enough. Uh, uh, all things considered, from Nate C, uh, no one expected this outcome, right? Uh, this is actually an interesting question because MSU was picked to finish by a lot of people fifth in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, sixth now. In some ways, you could say that this team, if you now that we know what we know, actually in some ways overachieved in places. No, it just looks a lot worse at the back end. This I, team did not end up overachieving relative yeah, I, to expectations. It did not. I this I, team met or slightly or underachieved. I mean, if they, but if they make any any level of a run, you might be able to make a convincing argument that they over. This isn't an Indiana basketball. We're not happy with the Sweet 16. Next up I, from Nate C. Uh, with that display today, I presume today today, uh, which is the the Maryland game. Um, do you think MSU will have a go to guy come Big Ten tournament time? Stevie no. Izzo, Steelers, Nate. come on. Uh. How about that one shot by you know who from Nate C? I don't know who he's talking about. Uh, one shot is... intercepting the ball from Steve. Probably Rizzo. Joey Hauser with one three. Now he's just trolling. I can't believe he's coming back. Can you? Uh, We've no. just monitored Nate C's descent into madness, basically. <laughs> That's all this is. Yeah. And there's worried about you about hockey that we don't need to talk about, but uh, we're worried about you, but we're not worried about you. uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants, could you resurrect the segment that discussed sports terminology? Uh, Oh, yeah. No dumb questions, just dumb podcast hosts. Uh, I think when it comes to football, I'm as good as any casual listener, not so much with basketball, and I like improving my knowledge set regardless. Uh, this is a great opportunity to replug. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, DMs are open. So if you want to submit a question that way or can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. If you want to send in a question 
about sports related things that you don't want. You're like, I, this is a knowledge gap. We'd be happy to get into it for you. And this is, uh, yeah, it's a great time to bring that up because we might be ready to take those types of segments in summertime. Summertime. Might be two weeks, but they're coming up. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a thing that you don't know personally, but if it's a thing that you think other people might enjoy learning about, uh, please send them along. Um, Mr. Rock Pants, up next, do you think Izzo respects the regular season? Is it just a lab for him? I can't believe how often MSU splits with U of M and it infuriates and agitates every fiber of his being. In fact, I should return to my normal policy of F this team till mid-March. Hmm. Um, I... That used to be something that the fandom would say. None of these individual games matter. It's all just getting ready for the tournament. And I used to buy into that a little bit. But um, when we won three back-to-back-to-back Big Ten titles, yeah. that th- felt nice. Yeah. There were, I think, uh, particularly like the early teens, late aughts, were a time where MSU fandom would trumpet this. Uh, theory and i i don't think it's necessarily true if there was any piece of evidence to suggest that it is true it's that as upset with people have been with him on social media about not calling timeouts on big runs from other teams the entire time i watched tom Izzo from the early aughts up to now he basically never called timeouts on big runs he wanted his team to figure it out and i thought that was actually good evidence to suggest maybe this concept was true um but now tom's starting to do that a little bit more and i think he does it when he knows that his team doesn't needs it yeah and i think he trusted his teams before and he doesn't trust this team he yeah. shouldn't trust this team they're not trusting exactly he shouldn't trust this team i think tom is ready for this season to be over too oh i think he's very much is all right it, it used to be that he would only call timeouts on on opposing runs in the tournament but now oh. Over the last couple of years, he does it in regular season games. That's a really interesting pattern that you've deduced. I give you credit. You slender pattern. All it took was throwing away hundreds of hours of my life watching MSU basketball to come up with that little nugget. Chase a second title that may (laughs) not ever come. Yeah. Love Uh, that for you. This week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo, after recent events, Tom is mortified by AARP offers to make him a spokesman. (laughs) No. Nootropics? Sure. All right. Uh, Endorsements are similarly scorned. When D'Antonio comes over for a weekly poker game, Tom screams, sorry, can't stay up. I'm an active, youthful millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Athletic department hires a Scientology auditor for hockey and basketball. (laughs) Izzo responds, hogwash, given services with Father Santinelli, and then some of Grandma Izzo's hot sausage shells, and they'll get off their asses hot sausage shells like what I is like the that? that there's anyone in the youp making hot sausage shells shells i but think if there the- is i kind of want to try them well <laughs> like stuff you know some stuffed shells with some spicy italian sausage i guess that's, i guess that's what it is I also like the idea of the Scientology auditor coming in, getting rid of the Thetans uh, in the athletic department. <laughs> Those uh, thousands of years of, of, of aliens, latent aliens or whatever it is. Um, I did hear, by the way, that uh, that maybe Alan Haller has maybe had a conversation with Tom Izzo about how things are going to be. About maybe I, checking out checking out the portal this year. Yeah. 
He yeah. fucking better have. Do uh, Dish. What's that tea, man? Oh, it, uh, Kyle Austin was talking about it, that uh, that he seemed to believe that it, from the administration that there were conversations about exploring the portal. What about so exploring space. for different uh, assistant coaches? coaches? Yeah, well, what about you know, that? how about that? Uh, I do feel pretty good. This podcast early and often criticized those coaching staff decisions and criticized the, leaving those open roster spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we might be seeing that Alan Haller might end up being a pretty good AD. I'm, I'm feeling some confidence with that hire. I think, you know, we'll see how everything shakes out over time. But speaking of things that this podcast talked about, the only issue we had with him was that he was an internal hire and it wasn't about him. It was about it being an internal optics hire. in the state of the athletic department and those types of things. It was not about him personally. Yeah. So uh, if Alan Haller's having those tough conversations with Tom Izzo, then I think that that speaks to a level of leadership and probably it actually helps that he's known Tom Izzo for a long time. It's also very interesting because if Matt Ishbia doesn't like those conversations, mm. it makes certain things that he wants to do more difficult in the long run. Uh, Matt Ishbia wants to see us win. He must know. He must know. I, I don't know. You think you think Matt Ishbia thinks we need more walk-ons? <laughs> Is, is that why just is that why we had two right walk-ons. walk-ons? Yeah. <laughs> At least Matt Ishbia appeared in in the you know scoring books a little bit. So indeed. Uh all right, gentlemen, that will do it for this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. Uh I don't know what to say. It's over. <laughs> Mercifully, it's over. Much like the podcast. Uh but Tournament time! Go green! Go away. Go away. Michael Jones and Alex Plum. <laughs> <laughs>